0: For like 30 minutes, I couldn't move. And I was just on my hands and knees, like in so much pain. It was so painful. And then he bought me Domino's and put on a Disney movie for me. (laughs) But it was so bad. So bad. I'm surprised that didn't like scar me from ever doing it again because it easily could have. But if a woman's had a bad experience like that, Oh, my God. Easily, she'll just shut it down. So she needs to be warmed up and you need to make sure that it's a safe environment and you're going at the speed that she wants to go at, not your horniness wants to go at. Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Sex podcast. Today I'm going to be answering your questions that you submitted through Instagram when I did my little Q&A box that said, ask me anything. Every once in a while I do this and I think they make good podcast episodes because I can actually answer a bunch of them versus a few that I would answer on Instagram. And before we do, if you guys are getting value from this podcast, please leave a rating and review on iTunes and Spotify. It would really help me and it would just show um, that it's benefiting my audience because I want to make sure you guys are getting a lot out of this and that you're enjoying it. All right. First question. Do you like sucking dick? (laughs) Um, I answered this a couple weeks ago. Um, when a guy asked do women like sucking dick and what I said was that I women like it when they're good at it and when their partner when they're enjoying their relationship with their partner if those things are not present then they most likely hate it because let's be honest it's not the most comfortable thing um, and especially if you're nervous or you're just not, feeling open to it mentally and physically it could be painful so for example women who get really anxious about sucking dick or really insecure they actually because they feel that way their their body's so tense and their throat actually closes up like the more relaxed she is with you the more she's able to just release let go and it's actually a very interesting feeling because i remember the one time i was most relaxed Like, I just took the whole thing, (laughs) the entire thing. Um, Not to get too graphic, but it was pretty, it was kind of shocking. It was like, wow, like I could actually keep going (laughs) if I wanted to. But it had to do with the relaxed state. So when women say they hate it or women never want to do it, it most likely has to do with their relationship with their partner that they hold some negative energy towards, whether there's a conflict in the relationship, whether they don't feel equal pleasure being given back to them and you're just constantly wanting blowjobs. That's not cool. So she's going to not feel great about giving them to you. When a woman feels good with her partner and when she is relaxed, then yeah, it's super hot and enjoyable because it's pleasuring him and we feel hot and it's just a hot thing in general. So yeah, I would say... I do based on the partners I choose to be with. If I was with a partner who I was not happy with, I would fucking hate it, you know? So next question, how to see progress and lasting longer? There's actually an episode that's not too far off from this one where I talk about three things to help you last longer. And that is a great episode to to start with. Um, I forget the exact... I think it's literally called Three Ways to Lasting Longer. So check out that episode. That would be good. Um, Next question. She's getting uncomfortable during foreplay. She says I'm doing it right, but she doesn't like it now. All right. So this could be frustrating, right? When, you're, when your female partner is saying, no, you're doing everything right. I just... I just like don't like it, you know, <laughs> it's like, well, why don't you like it? Because if I was doing it right, you would like it, right? And it's amazing how many people aren't clear on what they want and what they like. And they either blame their partner for it or they shut their partner down for initiating sex because they're not comfortable in their own body, their own sexual satisfaction. So I I see the frustration from both angles, you know to be someone who doesn't understand their body or doesn't feel comfortable enough to explore their body and then to be the partner who's trying to understand and trying to initiate things but the partner is shut down. So there's definitely that's definitely a common conflict. But I would I would go simple, ask her what during that session you don't have to call it a session sexual session um what during sex last night do you love most or right after sex you know what about that felt best to you even if you didn't love it like what felt the best because at least then you're showing her you care you're trying to understand clearer and right after sex is most likely when it's going to resonate most and she's going to remember most she's still kind of in that moment so i would just start there and showing the curiosity and the concern around the matter, but also showing empathy and and wanting to actually give her pleasure in the best way you know how and she knows how. Alright, next question. After six years in a relationship, she wants to open things up and meet others. How can I let go of my ego? This is a great question. And I love how I love how you ended the question with how can I let go of my ego? Because it seems like You're even open to the idea, but it's the feelings that the ego is creating around this idea that maybe make you feel like you're not good enough. Um, There's maybe some jealousy, maybe not wanting to be too curious and ask too many questions around it because it's like awkward, maybe embarrassing to you. So there could be so much coming up here, right? I would remind yourself of the fact that we will always be sexually attracted to multiple people. All right, like regardless of what type of relationship we're in, we will be sexually attracted to other people because we are human beings and that's how it works. You may not want to, you may not fantasize about other people and sit there and think about it. You may not act on those fantasies, but you will be sexually attracted to other people if you are a sexually per, a sexual person. So, you know, when you think about it just from that simple angle of like, you know what, it's not like we're not going to find anyone sexually enticing again. And when it comes to a partner who wants to actually open the relationship up to maybe explore with those people she's sexually attracted to besides you, then I would say it's a matter of getting clear around the why. And like, what would this look like for us? And are there, are there, are we going to have rules around it? Like, what is your reasoning for wanting this? And just getting clear on why she's choosing this and then you can get more answers around it's not it's not that I'm not attracted to you it's just that I'm wanting to explore different types of people or I'm wanting to try this and see how it goes and I know like like you just want to get clarity that all right is Is our relationship still important to her? And like, what is her reasoning for doing this? And what are the rules set in place moving forward if we were to go in this relationship? So I think clarity really helps to let go of the ego. But of course, it takes putting aside the ego to even ask these questions, right? Because it's like, even that curiosity versus the anger is putting the ego aside and saying, all right, I know I feel like in shock. I feel kind of embarrassed and awkward, but I still... I still care about this person. I want to understand why she wants this and then what we can do to be the best couple moving forward through this dynamic. So I hope that helps. It's, I would just start getting clear and being able to ask the questions and keeping in mind that we are all sexual beings and we will always be attracted sexually to other people. Some of us want to explore that attraction. Some of us don't, but just try to understand why she does and what that means for you guys. All right. Where is your parents' house located? (laughs) So this is because I was posting like a really cool house in the middle of the woods with a pool. That is not my parents' house. That is my aunt and uncle's house in Pennsylvania. Okay, next question. I have bi slash homoerotic fantasies, but I've never wanted to pursue them. Mean anything? So this just means, I answered this one on Instagram, this means that you're human and this is really common book tell me what you want all about fantasies it's by justin lay miller and he actually did the biggest research study on sexual fantasies in america recently and there were about four thousand participants the seventh most common fantasy was homoerotic fantasies when you think about like all right well i do have this fantasy i know it's common but my partner's not cool with it because that's usually the next concern Then it's about asking your partner why that... First of all, you don't always have to tell your partner your fantasies. But I understand that sometimes you do. And that's okay too. And if you are sharing your fantasy and your partner is not liking it, like very judgmental or has a harsh response to it, really try to understand that the majority of the time that's coming from insecurity, that they're not enough for you. Especially a woman knowing that you fantasize about men sometimes. That if she's already insecure in herself, in her body, uh, her confidence is low, then telling her something like that can be, can lower that even more. And I'm not saying that's your fault. And I'm not saying you shouldn't tell a partner that just because they're low confidence, but it's to understand, it's to help you understand what the potential reaction will be from that type of person. Obviously, someone who's very sexually open and hears that won't have the same reaction because they're very comfortable sexually. They have uh, education around sex. Like someone like myself, like I study this stuff, so I know how common that is. And I know that a lot of heterosexual men do have these fantasies, but they never want to act on them. Or sometimes they do. You know, like it's just like I find it interesting how women are so easy to, like it's so easy and natural for a woman to say she fantasizes about other women. But it's, like, very shameful and hard for guys to to open up about fantasizing about men. Because that's something about me, too. Like, I always fantasize about women. Like, very often. Not always, but very often. And I n- would never want to be in a relationship with a woman. Ever. But I quite often fantasize about women. And I don't even feel weird saying that. Because I feel like that's so common. You know, but... Most men don't open up about their fantasies, so you only know what's super comp- what's super popular through studies like like Justin Lee Miller's, where everything is kept strictly confidential, right? And like no one's gonna know how you really feel through the studies. So like just give us your answer. So that's when you get like the real the real deal. It's kind of like uh, another common fantasy is the cuckold fantasy, and it's funny because I posted that. I get so many DMs of asking me if that's like a fucked up fantasy. So many guys. I don't know, I went through a month once when it was like literally like 20 messages in within a few days, just about that. And I'm like, "What is going on?" Like <laughs> like, like first of all, it's like, "Holy shit, I didn't know this was so common." And second, like, why are all these guys like so concerned over this? And I just posted about it on my TikTok yesterday. And uh The amount of, I gained like 400 followers just from that post on TikTok, which shows that, which shows me anyway, this is my assumption, all right, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that the majority of those men saw that video, they resonated, and then they wanted to follow because they felt heard or they felt supported. But the majority of the comments, almost all of the comments are like, hot, no, that's for beta males. No way. No fucking way. Where are you getting this? This is so not common. What are you talking about? Fuck no. And it was just interesting to see, like, the amount of, of follows that came from it, but also the amount of disagreement from that post. And I know that, like, so many men feel ashamed of this fantasy. So they never speak up and they would never be the ones to be like, I mean, the majority of them would not be the ones to be like, yeah, I I fantasize about this and actually feel okay saying that. So that was just really interesting. Um, But then there were also a few guys who were like, fuck yeah, (laughs) like all the time. So it's, it's just, yeah, I, I feel like there's so much more pressure here For men, when it comes to sexual support and sexual education support and Q&As and trying to help guys around the uncertainties around sex, I feel like there's a lot more support for women just because we're naturally more emotionally supportive. So when it comes to topics like these, it's just we know where to go. We know who to ask. We know we'll find a safe space. You know, like everything is just easy to get support for the most part, I believe. Okay. Okay so anyway went on a little tangent but let's get back um okay would you recommend tantric sex we're trying to learn more i recommend you try anything that sparks your interest if there is something that you really wanted to try give it a go because we only live once you know and there's so much within sex to explore and just within pleasure in itself so yeah if that's something you want to try i don't know too much about tantric sex so i'm not going to go too into that but whatever interests you okay i'm having the urge for sex but couldn't find the partner and this thing is not allowing me to focus on my work all right one option is sex workers if you do want to go down that route it is an option another is Spending time masturbating and finding ways to actually enjoy it more than just watching porn and getting off super quick. I think there's a lot of, I think guys can do, overall, men can be more intentional when they masturbate and this will actually make it a more pleasurable experience versus like feeling bad that you have to masturbate. Um, I don't think most guys feel bad that they have to, but sometimes it's like, Oh, uh, like I just, I'm always just jerk. Chinese <laughs> trying to use like guy words, but I'm just going to mess it up. So I'm not, um, but find ways to make masturbation very pleasurable. And then if you're having trouble with finding a partner, ask yourself what you can do to meet more people because that's what it starts with. I know a lot of guys who are just socially isolating themselves and then wondering why their sex life is dead. And it's like, all right, well, you have to start talking to people, <laughs> you know, Sometimes it's the most obvious answer, like, hey, I have no social life. Okay, what can I do? What club can I join? Who can I, who can introduce me to mutual friend? Like, all right, another question is, does it bother or flatter you that most of your followers fantasize about you? (laughs) And this one made me laugh. And I literally said, I'm fine with it. It's flattering, but just don't tell me. (laughs) Is it normal for a man's dick to have a bend or is it supposed to be straight? It is normal for it to have a bend. I've seen many dicks with bends. That is super normal. And uh, if it's if it's too bended to the point where it's causing pain, that's where you want to get checked. So you should never have painful erections. If there's any pain with your erection, please go to a doctor and get checked. It could be Peyronie's disease. It could be something else. But yeah, you should never be in pain. How normal is eating out my wife after I come in her? I mean, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I know some guys are like really weirded out being around their own cum. And other guys don't give a shit. You know, I don't know why you would give a shit. Um, I don't think it should be that big of a deal. Like, <laughs> so to me, it's normal. Like that would not be weird at all. So it's kind of like what is normal? You know, normal is common. Right? So whatever is normal is just what most people do. And normal is constantly changing based on especially sex in the sex world because more people are coming out, right? Homosexuality was like when I even when I was a kid was like, Shh, you know, like and now all of a sudden it's it's out there and it's normal to Uh, to have a gay friend, like it's normal to see a gay couple, like it's, that's the norm now, so yeah, it's kind of like it goes back to the same question of, that I always ask myself doing this work, which is kind of like, holy shit, like if we just normalize all this eroticism, and things like BDSM, and like, and everything's just so normal, because everyone's doing it, is that Is that not going to make it so taboo anymore? And then if it's not taboo anymore, will we be that intrigued by it and that drawn to it as we are right now? I always think about that. And then I question, like, am I doing the right thing (laughs) by normalizing this? And then eventually none of us want it because I've normalized it. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But like, it's just an interesting thought. And I think what we should also do is get out of the habit of constantly asking, is this normal? Is this normal? Is this normal? Ask yourself, is this is this safe, consensual, and good for me? And if you can say yes to all those, fucking do it. And is it legal? Let's let's throw that in there too. How do I make next question? How do I make my wife feel like she's the sexiest woman in the world cuz she is? Oh, love that. You start getting curious around what makes her feel sexiest. You know, it's so interesting how we, all of us as humans, we just, we assume we know what people feel or how to make people feel, you know, based on how we feel. So for instance, it's very easy for me to be like, oh, well, this turns me on a lot. It's going to turn him on too. And that's not necessarily true. So instead of asking him like what turns you on most or like what did you think was most hot instead of making an assumption I'm like straight up asking him and then he can tell me and then I know what he actually likes most versus my assumption based on his reaction or his voice or like like we don't want to assume we should stop assuming we know our partners and always ask them things always question things always stay curious Asking your wife, what makes you feel sexiest? What do I do that makes you feel sexiest? I'm curious. Just a straight up question like that. Super cute and random and like sexy. All right, next question. How do you avoid feeling shame around having sexual thoughts? Um, I would ask yourself where you think the shame is coming from. Once again, getting curious. Like, why do I why am I feeling shame around this? Where did this come from? Are there people who don't feel shame? Why do I think they don't feel shame? That's something that's always really helpful is like going to a source that is living the type of life you want to live. Like if you have a friend who seems very sexually open and happy and confident, asking them questions about, hey, how did you how did you get to be so open? Like where did that come from? And getting in their headspace a little bit, because the more you can surround yourself with people who don't feel shame, the more it will open you up to the idea that you don't have to feel it either. because you really don't. And although it's probably been conditioned in you for a while and maybe is still being conditioned um, and is still present in your your current relationship, You want to get clear on that because you want to know, like, all right, where is this coming from so that I can stop the bleed? Overall, I would say if you don't want to feel shame, what do you want to feel? And who do you know who feels that when it comes to sex or you think they do? And get curious and ask them some questions. Get in their headspace. This is an interesting question. How to reach... How to reach intimacy every time making love to my wife. It's kind of like, all right, well, what does intimacy mean to you? All right, so let me put it this way. If you're looking for intimacy, which is like emotional closeness, right? I would say that what's really important that a lot of people overlook, and I was just telling a client this the other day, is the concept of, not concept, but the, the span of time right after sex, immediately after sex, to when you guys walk away from each other. And this has a lot to do with the the health and the longevity of the sexual relationship. Because if you're just having sex and then immediately getting up and walking away, it's you're not building a connection that is associated with your sex life. If you're not feeling connected like in the physical act, then spend time post sex to really try to connect. And this can simply mean like, hey, let's wash up and just like cuddle for 10 minutes and then we'll get back to work. Or hey, let's like it where it's just starting a conversation, a light conversation after you guys cleaned up and you're ready to fall asleep and b- fall fall asleep in the bed. <laughs> you know, so that's that's the time when you're going to feel most close. That's the time when a woman because of oxytocin Her love hormones are like raging at that point post-sex. And most guys are, it puts them to sleep. So you want to use that time to not sleep, but to actually enhance your relationship. So that would be my response is if you want to have more intimate sex with your wife, then start treating the afterglow phase, is what they call it, more seriously and see how you can lengthen that amount of time you spend together and actually spend quality time talking, cuddling, laughing, sharing good vibes. Like that's that's super important. So try that out. All right, this is a great question. Don't know how else to say this. What what is a good way to tell a girl her vagina smells bad? All right. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely a tough, tough situation, right? But, I mean, there's no telling what her reaction will be, right? Because we don't know what type of, we don't know what type of girl this is. And if her vagina smells bad, like if it is that bad all the time, she could have an issue because that's not normal. Vagina should not smell bad. If they do, she should probably get checked. So I would do it personally, and I don't know, Most people probably won't agree with me or a lot of people won't. I would do it in a text. I wouldn't do it in person because that could be extremely embarrassing, especially around the sexual experience. Like if you just had sex and then you said it, it's like, oh, shit. I'm just trying to imagine how I would best take that. Because what I do with my clients is if they're in a situation where they have to share... Like vulnerable, potentially uh, off- offensive information with their partner, then it's like, all right, write them a letter and then let them read it on their own, so that they don't get defensive and they're most open to taking it in. So I would say this is a similar, this is a similar thing where if you were to text her and let her know, hey, just so you know, I. I feel like there's an odor coming from you that shouldn't be. And I just want to make sure that you're aware and like you're okay. Finding a way to compliment her as like a sexual woman, but also showing that you're concerned. Like you want to come from a place of empathy and concern versus like, yo, you should get this checked. <laughs> you know? Um,. Yeah, that's really tough, but someone should call her out, especially if it could if it could be really bad for her. You know, like she might have an actual issue. She probably does if it smells that bad. All right, any tips to come faster with a partner? It seems like I can't finish when with a partner. So a lot of men with delayed ejaculation struggle with delayed ejaculation because they have trouble understanding what they, what they really want and or they have trouble communicating what they want. So if you don't know what feels absolutely best for you and if you're suppressing your sex life in any way, it's very likely you will experience delayed ejaculation. So the first thing I would ask is, are you suppressing anything that you've been wanting to do with this partner or even wanting to experience for yourself. Then I would ask, did you communicate to this partner everything that feels best to you? And if you don't know what feels best to you, how often do you masturbate? And when you do masturbate, what feels best? Because some guys find that when they masturbate and they... What did this, I'm trying to think what this one guy told me recently. It was really interesting. He said like when he scratched a part of himself while he masturbated, it felt like really like enhanced the pleasure. And he found that out while he was masturbating. So it's kind of like when you explore your pleasure areas during masturbation and get to know your body a little more versus just go straight to jerking off your dick every time and that's it. You get to understand, like, okay, what else sexually excites me? What else feels really good? And when you're so confident that that feels good and you love it, you're more likely to share with your partner. If you're not confident about it, you're not going to share anything. And a profound statement that, I don't know if I got it from Justin Lee Miller's book, Tell Me What You Want, or another book I'm reading. But it's this... It's the whole concept of we have sex more than we talk about it. And this is so interesting to me. And I just keep thinking about this because I'm like, it's so true. (laughs) Like It's so true. Everybody's fucking, but nobody wants to talk about themselves fucking. You know, like we have this. It's such an intimate activity. And we we feel so weird, like discussing it. Ah, it's like blows my mind. But yeah. Also, if you have trouble finishing... Because I see another question here. Why do I have trouble finishing during sex? No matter with who or how long. There, This can come from a place of shame when it came to you masturbating or feeling like it's bad or it's not right. I know that shame in itself can often... You know, if you were raised to not touch yourself, that can have to do with that also but there's so many reasons like there's so many possibilities okay next question how to satisfy my girl 100% you can't I don't believe that anyone will ever be 100% satisfied because there's just so much that happens in life and affects our satisfaction and our, our pleasure our bodies There's just, there's going to be times when the sex isn't that great. There's going to be times when there's disappointment. There's going to be fights about sex. You know, there's going to be jealousy or frustration. So I wouldn't say, I would never recommend someone shoot to satisfy their partner 100% of the time. What I would recommend is for you to look at sex as, through the lens of pleasure, and always asking yourself, how can I make this a pleasurable experience? How can I feel pleasure during this? Because most likely, if that's the intention you're going into, it will be a very positive, pleasurable experience for the two of you. So when you obsess over, I have to make everything perfect for my girl, that's when you end up having performance anxiety. That's when your dick stops working. This all starts with obsessing over the woman and wanting to be the best perfect lover. So do not aim to be the best perfect lover. Just go in wanting to experience pleasure and wanting to. Yeah, just that's literally it. That's all all I want you to focus on. Experience pleasure. All right, I'm going to try to answer the rest of these quicker um, so I could get through more. When do I know it's time to pull the parachute in a sexless relationship? This is a great question, and I would say it has to do with direct communication and getting clarification as to whether or not your partner is willing to meet you halfway. Because you have to be honest, you're not always going to get as much sex as you'd like, but if you're not even meeting halfway as a team, then you you know, that's probably time to rethink the relationship if sex is important to you. And what a lot of couples do is they have this passive behavior, passive communication because they're not used to talking about sex. So they'll word things in a way that's not direct and never gets an answer. And then they're frustrated with their partner when really it's their own fault. Because you have to think, how are you bringing up the sex topic if it's that important to you? What are you saying to your partner to show that it's important to you and to get a response from them? Because if you're just saying, hey, we should really work on our sex life next week, and then your partner goes, okay. And then next week happens and you guys don't have sex and you don't talk, and then you're like, hey, we were supposed to work on this. Your partner is not going to know what to say or what to do. And it's just going to cause an argument. If you're the one who wants to, Fix this, and you have a specific goal in mind for meeting halfway. Then it's more about asking the question, Hey, we need to talk about this. Are you free at this time? And then, and then literally asking, Are you willing to do A, B, and C for our sex life and start working on it within the next three months? Can you see yourself ever getting to this point in our sex life? And if she says straight up no, then. You're most likely going to pull the parachute if sex is important, right? You have to think of direct communication being like, all right, the the more direct questions I ask, the easier my decision becomes. Because if you straight up ask, "Can you ever see us getting to this point sexually?" and she straight up says no, okay. Like, if she can't see it and she's not willing to try and she's no desire to get there or meet you there, that's when you know it's time. But that direct response from her helps you make your decision. Um, what is that spray that helps with premature ejaculation? The spray is bipermescent and it's their delay spray. All right, next question. Why is it that some women swallow and some can be completely against giving oral? I mean, I think a lot of it, when it comes to swallowing, some people are germaphobes, and that's their reason, which is understandable, even though it is, there's nothing in cum that can hurt you or is dirty. But yeah, I think it's like what we've been taught. I think it's lack of education around what's in it, that where we fear like if it's in our body for some reason, it wouldn't be good. I think it's also lack of comfort, with our own sex life. And our own sexual body. If. You don't feel comfortable. Licking your. Own cum. Like as a woman. This is how I see it. I know a lot of guys don't. Like I. What really boggles my mind. And I, sh- I should do more research on this. And like polls and stuff. To ask you guys. But like. When guys get their own cum on their mouths. Sometimes they freak out. And it's like. All right, I get that your intention is not to drink your own cum, but still like it's it's your cum, like <laughs> I don't know. Like why is it that weird? Like some guys don't want to don't want to come in a girl's mouth and then make out with her until she brushes her teeth. Like I had an ex-boyfriend who was like that. And that just was so weird to me. I'm like it's you. Like who the fuck cares? I don't know, that drove me crazy. And I get that everyone's entitled to feel what they want, whatever, but I just think it's weird and <laughs> I um and I think that women who swallow just like understand that hey like it's it's fine I know some women get can get insecure about it coming out their nose that's happened to me before it' was just like okay um when it's like a lot or women just they some guys don't have healthy diets so if you guys aren't eating healthy then your cum can taste bad so sometimes it's a matter of taste depending on your health your diet so yeah it just there's a lot of factors but i think it's probably your diet it's her comfort with sex and it's her knowledge of sex and education around like hey like it's fine to do this (laughs) it's okay um all right what are your thoughts on swinging? I'm actually pro-swinging. I could totally see swinging in my future relationship, and I definitely want to end up with with a guy who's okay with that, for sure. What was the brand name of the vibrating cock ring you mentioned a few weeks ago? Um, that was Lelo. L-E-L-O. What makes you smile in the morning? Aw, uh, Pico. <laughs> he's so funny because i wake up and he's right behind me like literally right behind me like if i flipped over i would crush him and he just has his little head on the pillow next to me every morning his head is on the pillow and his body's under the (laughs) car but he doesn't go to bed like that he goes to bed at the bottom of the bed and then he wakes up i wake up to him like that how to convince your girl to try anal you take it really slow if you think about it in terms of like all right what's the baby step let's rewind and go back to like the easiest way to encourage anal would be would be touching her butt a lot you know you got to start with the baby steps you got to start touching her butt then you start rubbing her asshole right and then you maybe put a pinky finger in and you go you go slow in that regard where it's like all right what's the next step what's the next step and the slower you go the more she feels safe to explore it and give it a try versus you just being like we should try anal," and like none of that's really happened so you want to work your way up you want to get to the point where you can fit a couple fingers then you could fit a toy then you once the toy is the size of your dick or almost then you use your dick But I think too many guys just rush into it and women get like overwhelmed and freaked out and they just shut down and say no because it's like such a jump from nothing to that. Plus, it could be the most painful experience ever. The most painful experience of my life was my ex-boyfriend. I think I was like 19. And he was doing me doggy and... (laughs) I'm telling this he's doing me he was doing me doggy and he was going hard and fast and somehow the perfect timing and the perfect angle like his dick went right went right into my ass I was not prepared I was not lubed we were not having anal sex and it just shot right in there and I gasped I think he thought I was do- I was dead like I think he thought That was it because I screamed like bloody murder and then I could not move for like 30 minutes. I couldn't move and I was just on my hands and knees like in so much pain. It was so painful. And then he bought me Domino's and put on a Disney movie. for me. But it was so bad, so bad. I'm surprised that didn't like scar me from ever doing it again because it easily could have. But if a woman's had a bad experience like that, Oh my God. Easily she'll just shut it down. So you, she needs to be warmed up and she, you need to make sure that it's a safe environment and you're going at the speed that she wants to go at, not your horniness wants to go at, right? What's your favorite way to have sex? Uh, I like playing with stuff. I like, I like a lot of toys. That's like the fun way to have sex. Like lots of toys. Sometimes role play. Like. <laughs> my same ex used to we used to role play like i would be (laughs) i'm not even gonna get into it but like we would have a few we would have like i had a main character that i always role played with him and like i did not accent and everything like and we took it super seriously like it was so funny it was so fun what time frame slash duration of sexless marriage is grounds for divorce all right so similar question Similar question to the the previous one. But I do want to say something that I I recently saw on Shan Boudre's podcast. I think it was. It was like a video that popped up on Instagram of her saying this. And I was just like, ooh, that's really good. And what she was saying is that she thinks of divorce as the, the point in her marriage when She feels she can no longer be her best self with this partner. So she's like, that's that would mean divorce for me if I know my potentials here and it's impossible to reach that potential with him, then I need to let go of him. I would think of it that way. I think that's such a beautiful answer. It's really cool to think about. And it's about asking yourself, you know, what is your ideal version of you? Like, what type of man do you want to be? How do you want to live your life? if sex if it, if an active sex life is part of your ideal life and your partner's not meeting you in the middle to get there then what are you doing are you accepting new clients yes i'm accepting i am accepting two more clients before july so two more one-on-one clients for my 90-day program my wife is open to a nooner. I have a busy day at work, but does sound so inviting. Yeah or nah? Um, I would say do what's best for you. You know, like, you know your body. If you have a busy day at work and you can't function post ejaculation, some guys are really mentally drained after and they can't get right back into things. So don't ejaculate, you know? Or maybe... Just go and eat her out and then say she'll get the rest after work. That could be hot. You know, find ways to play with it. And I think that a lot of guys get in this habit of feeling like, oh, well, I have to take sex whenever I can get it because otherwise I'll never get it. So whenever she initiates, I have to run to her. No, don't do that. Get out of that mindset. It's not working for you. Trust me. You think it is. It's not. And you don't want to be the guy who always has to run to her. Whenever she says yes, because that's when she starts feeling the power she has over you sexually, and you, you don't want that. You want to keep an equal amount of power. So, um, so yeah, I would I would feed into the fun spontaneity of it, and I guess it's not that spontaneous because she said uh, she planned it. <laughs> I asked you, but you know, it could be it could be cool to to even just tease her and have a fun time but also get back to work and do what's best do what works best for your body is pretty much what i'm saying because you know that better than anyone but then you might have blue balls so i don't know <laughs> all right so there's there's more questions but i'm gonna stop here and i hope this was helpful don't forget to rate the podcast on itunes and spotify and i love these q a's can't wait to do more have an amazing morning evening or night wherever you are in the world i'll talk to you soon I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at StephKanowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.